Rolling. You ready? I'm ready. for me to be here because I have a lot to learn not just from Michelle but from all of you mm -hmm. um, as you know uh, our class is entitled powerful partnerships so how men and women in the gospel work together in powerful meaningful ways and so what I thought we'd do is go to the Lord in prayer because amen. we're gonna need it amen and then That's the truth dive into some scripture how about amen. that all right let's go to God Father, I just want to thank you again for uh, this day, Lord. Um, there's so much that uh, just to be gained in being in your kingdom, Lord, but to have just workshops and, and weekends like this, Lord, where we can really dig in and just have knowledge share and just uh, support, Lord, in building up our ministries, our respective ministries, Lord, and to, to really work on uh building each other up in one another relationships. Uh, Father, we know that you are a God of relationships and that from the very beginning, you've been in a relationship, uh, Father, Son, and Spirit, mm -hmm. and that through that relationship, you've, you've built a relationship between man and a woman, that we're to mirror that. Yep. Uh, and Father, we just ask that you give us guidance and wisdom um, through our discussion today on how to better mirror what you designed. Mm -hmm. Father, we know if you designed it, it's a good thing. So, Father, we just ask for just hearts to be shared, the spirit to move uh, in our time, in our 45 minutes um, today. We love you. It's in your son. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, good evening. Um, so, uh, the way that classes or our time today is going to work, not necessarily class, our time is going to work, we're just going to be real interactive. And that's the, that's the, uh, that's the uh, adjective for this weekend, so we're going to keep it that way. So again, we want everybody talking, everybody discussing, everybody sharing, um, but we do have 45 minutes. So I do ask that we be mindful of the time and give others the opportunity to share. Mm -hmm. So powerful partnerships. I mean, you think about it, um, as, I, as I prayed, in so many ways, God himself exists in relationships. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, Relationships, You know, C.S. Lewis described it as the dance, mm. that from the very beginning, God has been in this relationship with his son. And there's such a love, such a camaraderie between them that the very love itself has a, it's an entity. It's a spirit. It's the spirit. And as a result, God was like, out of the abundance of this relationship, I want to create some, some people, a people to mirror that, mm. that being man and woman. Mm. And there's actually a word that's been used throughout the age to, to summarize that. It's called Imago Dei. How many of you have heard of that? Anybody heard of that? Imago Dei? You mind sharing with us what that, what that means? The image of God. That man is created in the image of God. Of course, we know that from Scripture, but I think we don't often stop to think about what that truly means. Mm -hmm. It's not that man was just created just like any other animal or being, but that man himself has attributes of God in his being. So with that, you know, oftentimes in other religions, you know, they subscribe, you know, qualities of man to God. But no, Christianity subscribes God qualities to us. So with that, let's go back to the beginning and actually see how God intended the relationship between man and woman to operate. Mm -hmm. Let's start in Genesis chapter 2. I'm just going to Read a, read a little bit about the, uh, 
the beginning of man. Starting in verse, uh, verse 4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth. And there was no one to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and water and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow up out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the ground flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. And I'm going to skip down to verse 15. Uh, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you, may, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. All right, we'll stop there. Um, so what we see here is the creation of man. And in it, man is assigned a role. That role being what? What, what do you guys draw from that? This man's role from the beginning. We're interactive here. Interactive. Not rhetorical. Yeah. This is a real question. Yeah. <laughs> to take care of the garden. Set to, to cultivate. To cultivate. What, what does that mean to actually to cultivate something? For man to cultivate. Take care of. Take care of. Water. water. Yeah. Take care of to water. All right. Take care of those, those are all, all true things. I think oftentimes we, we, when we hear cultivate, we think of plants, right? Think of plants, we think of like being a farmer. I grew up on the farm, so when I think of cultivating, I think of getting my, my hoe and just getting weeds out, or picking them out with my hands. So that's what I think of when I typically think of cultivate. So, sorry. Well, sometimes when I, when I think about cultivate, I think about like a process of like taking care of something and nurturing it, and yeah. seeing it you know, grow to something or become something you, mm -hmm. you have pre-plan or, or thought about beforehand. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's more, more than one way to look at it. I actually want to encourage us to look at it from a different angle. In order to do that, I want to uh, fast forward to Genesis chapter 3. I'll start in verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So, and everyone knows what comes after, right? Or do I need to go in detail? <laughs> what comes after is actually you know, not a laughing matter. It's uh, the, most, um, the most tragic thing that the earth has ever seen. Second to Jesus dying on the cross. Um, but the whole reason Jesus had to die was because of this decision, because of the decision that man made. But what we see here is the serpent tempting Eve. How many of you know what Adam was doing, doing during this time? He was with her. He was with her. He was standing there watching this all transpire. Think about that. Adam was, was quiet. Could have said something. Could have jumped in. But was quiet. Why do you think Adam was quiet at this point? He was curious too. 
I'm just curious. Anybody else? Maybe wondering why yeah. is this happening right now? Mm. He's not spiritually aggressive. He's like, no, that's not my place. That's not my place. Yeah. I mean, he was passive. The man was passive. God had given him a mandate to cultivate, to keep, to, to cultivate, to nurture, to maintain the garden. Eve was in that garden. You know, Adam's mandate didn't just extend to the crops, mm. to the fruit. Extend it to Eve. And so that mandate was not only to cultivate the garden, it was also to cultivate her heart and to protect her. He was passive. I think if we can just camp out here for a minute, and this being the sticking point, uh, particularly for us as men, um, that I would like for us to draw this class, is our duty to cultivate and to keep. Um, I think the number one barrier that we have in doing that is passivity. And I think that, re- that shows itself in a number of ways. I think as men, we are often apathetic. Um, and I've seen that play out in a number of ways. Just not being moved or having the compassion to see ourselves and to see others in need. But why is that? I'm, I'm not the only one who's, who's experienced that in, in my life as well as the life of uh, those around me. Why as men... Or why do men become apathetic? Why was, why do you think Adam was apathetic in this moment? I have a theory, but oh, I know this. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> Jeff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, of course, it's purely speculation dealing with what's there and what's not there, but I Mm -hmm. think for a man, for Adam, if he didn't feel respected, I don't know that he would really want to stand up because he might feel defeated already going in. Like, I don't feel respected. I don't know if she's really going to listen to me if I really Mm -hmm. try to be strong and lead. And I think if a guy doesn't feel respected, he can quite easily feel defeated and not really <coughs> willing to try and put himself out there. If you're going into something feeling defeated already, you already sort of are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think Michelle's going to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and, and that's a, a great thing because I, I know for me, if I had told somebody what God said to me and they disregarded it, 
I'm really not feeling so great. Yeah. yeah. Because when we look back and what Dennis read was, here's the deal. God said, don't eat it. Adam shared that with Eve. She disregarded that. She said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what God said. Well, that's what Adam said God said. I didn't hear God say that. Ooh, but that fruit looks good. You know, and but yeah, we're probably not going to die. Adam, you're just, you're blowing things out of proportion. Let me just take some. And women, do you understand the power that that is of not listening and heeding because what we see, we feel we know in that of, well, God didn't say it to me. So therefore, that means whatever, whatever. And I am guilty of this. I am not saying this as somebody who has not experienced this, but I am equal. Well, you know, I didn't hear God say that to me. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to do this. But in that, whether or not Adam felt defeated, whether or not he was passive, make, we don't know what was going on. We do know that through Eve's actions, Adam then <coughs> ate the fruit. We know that. When Adam was there by himself, he didn't eat the fruit. I'm just going to leave that there. Yeah. <laughs> Sister. <laughs> the other thing about that is that she actually changed what God said. Because she added, mm -hmm. and don't touch the tree, mm -hmm. or you will die. So, but they were probably touching the tree because they were cultivating it, and they did die. So her adding to what Adam said God's rule was, did you know, I, I look at it that, I look at that she added to it, maybe to be more protective, maybe, but they had to cultivate the trees. They had to cultivate, so they had to treat the tree. They touched it, they didn't mm -hmm. die, which diminished the power of the statement, if you eat, you will die. Mm -hmm. So now, I touched it, I didn't die, I think they were both exercising their position. So we don't worship the vacation the garden set the rules and all they they have to make the It's gonna be tested. Mm -hmm. And so this was Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and I do know that in a lot of ways we are extrapolating from the scripture. Um, some of what we're sharing is um, in putting ourselves in their shoes. Um, but as part of that, well, all of us here aspire to be leaders, leaders in our respective ministries. And we know that at times, honestly, what played out here can play out in our family groups. In our, in our D times as men and women. Um, and what we want to spend the, the rest of our time really talking about is how do we mitigate that? Um, how do we mitigate the passivity that honestly as men we're inclined to show? And how do we build up brothers in such a way that they feel empowered to step up and to ha make a stand when mm -hmm. Satan comes in with lies? Mm -hmm. Because he does that. That's mm -hmm. what he does. We have an enemy who is wired to fight against that relationship. Mm -hmm. Forget the, the natural differences, the hormones, the, the way of speaking, the difference, you know, emotional intelligence, whatever. You know, we have an enemy mm -hmm. that we have to pray against and be mindful of as we interact. Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, how do, we, how do we fight against that? Again, I mentioned earlier some of the ways in which uh, we as men have to fight uh, passivity. Um, I did a little research, and here are the common ways or common things that we have to fight. Um, and I can speak in anecdotes about, you know, what I've seen as well in uh, leading a family group. Um, first thing being a refusal to worship God. You know, so often I lead men who and uh, share with men who share that they, they've lost their joy for God and their, just their zeal 
Um, and when I ask, how often do you actually spend time in personal worship of God? Forget the corporate meetings of the body, but just mm -hmm. on your own in the morning worshiping God. How often does that take place? Um, because so often we can, as men, feel like, is that really manly to be singing, you know, to the top of my lungs about God and how much I love him? You know, that, that doesn't sound manly. But no, God calls for us to worship him. You know, David, he, he played the harp, you know, he would, he, and he would worship playing the harp. He would write psalms singing to God and crying out to God. But he was a man's man. I mean, he killed lions and bears yeah. and a giant. Yeah. Talk about a man's man. But he was a man who worshipped God, who sung out to God. Um, engaging fantasy instead of reality. So often we as men get caught up in what shoulda, coulda, or what maybe could be. Instead of just cherishing what we have in front of us and also addressing what we have in front of us. Um, so often we wish for relationships that you know, we think we deserve or we, in order to be a man, we feel like we have to have, when that may not be for us. Um, or even you know, abusing virtual reality. Mm -hmm. And we know what shapes that takes, like pornography. And dare I say, even video games. I feel like sometimes as men, we can get caught up playing video games and live in that world instead of reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, silence in a moment where words are needed. Um, so often, uh, I can feel like we as men, we, um, we, don't, we don't comfort each other enough. And we can feel like that, that's just an area I'm not good in. We can just dismiss that. Hey, I'm not, I'm not one of the brothers who, who can comfort other brothers. I, I'm going to leave that to somebody else. I'm going to leave that to the minister. I'm going to leave that to the, to the, to the, the, the community group leader. Instead of leaning into that space and really encouraging and building each other up, because we should be drawing primarily our encouragement from one another as men. And Second Corinthians talks about comforting those with the comfort that we ourselves have received. So we should be men of comfort and men of building one another up. Excuse making and complaining. We can complain a lot, man. We can really complain about, again, what should be or what could have been. Jeff mentioned earlier, busyness. I know so often I've let my job dictate the terms of my relationship with God and just fill him in on the gaps. But you have to make time for God. Um, laziness, that speaks for itself, you know. Just, being, just be, being willing to, hey, put things aside, procrastinate, instead of doing what's right in the moment. You know, it's like Martin Luther King said, the time is always right to do what's right. And um, I'll leave it there for now, Michelle. Okay. <laughs> um, I kind of want to go back just a little bit because I don't want this to be a class about what the men aren't doing. Um, because I think a lot of times as, as women, and the men are out front. And so we see that. We see them having to do that. And we can sit back and be like, well, they're not, and they need to, and they should. And it's not that. So yeah. what is our role? What is my role as a woman? What is the role that God gave me? What is the role that God gave all of us? And I want to kind of go back to Genesis and go back to Genesis 2. And we look at, well, let me, before we go back to Genesis, I mean, keep your finger there. But one of the things that we learned in the College Football Hall of Fame is that Every successful team, on every successful team, every person has a role. Mm -hmm. And for that team to be successful, each person needs to fulfill their specific role. Yeah. For a football team to be successful, um, I don't want to see the kicker trying to run the ball. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's not his job. Right. Right. Like, his job is to kick the ball through the uprights, and anybody who tried that understands that is a challenge. Like, the kickers make it look easy, but it's actually a skill that is developed that a kicker knows how to do. And that's why the team is successful, is every person executes their role. 
And it very much to me sounds like how God arranged the parts of the body. Each part of the body has a specific function. If every part were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Mm -hmm. If every part were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So we each have a specific role. So what is our role as women? And in Genesis uh, Genesis 2, verse 18, and this is the Holman Christian Standard Version. It says the Lord. (laughs) Amen. I got an HCSB. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper as his complement. Now, a lot of times we hear that and we hear that and we think, oh, somebody's about to get married. Because that has to do with a man leaving his wife, which is a little further down in Genesis. But what this text says is it is not good for the man to be alone, not a husband, not it's man. So I'm going to make a helper that's suitable. And then a lot of times we think helper means subordinate. Mm -hmm. But in the Hebrew, the two words that make up that word, helper, help meet, um, have to do with help is a is a more of an English translation that doesn't necessarily connote all the things that helper intended, Mm -hmm. like the text intended. the root means strength and the word is most frequently used to describe how God helps man, how he is a help to man. When the, you know, Joshua was taking the troops and it says the Lord helped Israel. It's that same word. That's our role. Ladies, our role is a strength role. It's not a sit back role. It's not a nitpicky role. It's to be a strength to our brothers. And what does that look like? When Eve was designed, she was designed as a complement to Adam. Like we know what the scripture says. God made man and woman in that he made them both to reflect his image. And so Ladies, we bear the image of God yeah. to complement our brothers. It's not to tear them down. It's not to point out their faults. It's to be their strength. It's to help them. It's to encourage them. And that doesn't mean you're awesome. You're so awesome. It means how do I give courage to this brother? Because you know why? He's my brother. It has nothing to do with, is he my mate? Am I going to, because a lot of times, ladies, and I'm going to be real, we look at a brother and we're like, "Mm, well, I'm not going to date him. I'm not going to marry him. So you're awesome. And you keep it moving. But that's not, this is my brother in Christ. This is my brother. I am going to give him courage. I am going to give him strength. Why? Because that is what God commanded me to do. And in order for any ministry to work, it's, I've got to see that this is my brother and I'm going to lay down my life for him. Why? Because that is what the Bible calls me to do. And we look at that and a lot of times we'll see that and we'll think, well, yeah, I'm supposed to be a helper. So that means I'm going to go and run and get some paper for him. Mm-hmm. And that may not be what he needs. Right. What he needs could be, man, you need somebody to just kind of vibe off of right now. You need somebody to to listen to you. You need somebody to show you the scriptures. You need somebody to be able to just be like, man, I'm so sorry you're going through that. You may need somebody to go talk to the sister that you're like, man, the sister, she's, uh, what do I say to her? Because what I really want to do is X because she's making me struggle. Mm -hmm. Or she's making me upset or whatever. But to be that sister that can be like, all right, bro, let me, let me help you in this. I can tell multiple stories of brothers that I have helped get their wives to this point. Like, so their wives, because why they needed a woman that they could be like, okay, I'm thinking this. And I can say, ooh, bro, mm-hmm. mm. as a woman, she does not want you to just pop up at her job and be like, hey, surprise, here's a ring. 
Like, I know you thought through that and you think that's great, but y'all have been dating two months. So she's probably not at that point now. Oh, amen. I remember I was talking with a brother. He called me because I was like, well, what's going on? He was like, yeah, I started liking the sister, so I'm asking her to be my girlfriend. Does she know you like her? <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking. Mm, that wasn't my question. Does she know you like her? Oh, well, I guess not. Okay, you probably need to go ahead and tell her that because women appreciate that. Yeah. He went and he was like, yeah, she didn't know. And I was like, amen. <laughs> so that wouldn't have worked out well if you had just gone ahead and done what your plan was. That wouldn't have been encouraging to you. So I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm trying to help you out. Praise God, they're happily married now. Two kids, life is great. But it's one of those things of having that relationship with that brother so they can trust you to come to you as their strength when they need it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, appreciate you sharing that, Michelle. And just to, to, uh, to f- further affirm that advice in terms of being a brother's really having relationships with sisters that they can go to and get advice because brothers, honestly, we don't know how women think as well as we think we do. So it's always great to have a sister that you can build a partnership with and to establish that, to say that up front, hey, sister, I want us to have a relationship where we can be a mutual benefit Mm -hmm. and understanding how to encourage other brothers and sisters. Right. Um, There are sisters who, honestly... uh, I'm uh, dating an amazing woman, um, and I'm also leading a group with that woman. And so, so often, I, I realize that to better understand how to encourage her and to really understand it, not just to, to do something um, because I was told to do it, I have to go and talk to a, a, the women in her life to better understand her. So having a woman's perspective is, is key. And I think within that, again, going back to Adam and his mandate to cultivate, I think we have to ask ourselves and be sacrificial in understanding how to cultivate our sister's hearts. And in order to do that, we have to, again, go back to asking questions, but we also have to be willing to sacrifice our pride and our will and say, well, guess what? I come second. I come second in this case, because I want to (coughs) to build up my sister. And I think so often in, in my times with guys, we can oftentimes get our feelings hurt and just decide to disengage. Mm-hmm. We can pull away and say, you know what, that's enough. You hurt me once, you hurt me twice, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting hurt a third time. But a lot of times you, as we as brothers have to understand sisters need and they love men who continue to come after it. Not from a stalker's perspective. No. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but men for, who, yeah. who refuse to give up on loving their sisters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think within that, you know, one of the ways, in particularly in building a uh, powerful partnership, is to understand what encourages a sister mm-hmm. and where the sister's strengths are. Mm-hmm. The Bible, again, you know, in Romans chapter 12, it talks about us all being different parts of the Bible and having different gifts. You know, one of the things I like to do in the family group that I lead, right from the, from the get-go, is to understand the strengths of not only the brothers, but also the sisters. And in understanding where their strengths are, helping them to operate in that particular area. You know, um, one of the things I, I love about Katie um, is that you know, we lead a group together. We also date. Uh, but uh, she didn't get that. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but in understanding and really finding out where her gifts are um, is how great she is with logistics. You know, I'm, I'm horrible with logistics. I'm horrible with, you know, keeping up with dates and, and uh, you know, updating the group on all the logistics, like what to bring, napkins, this or that, to a different group meeting. But she's great at keeping up with that. And we complement each other in that. I'll, I'll cast the vision, and she'll help put all those specifics in place to really make it a wonderful event. So I encourage us as brothers, really understand the gifting of our sisters because it'll not only help, we can not only help them operate in areas of their strength, 
but we can also benefit from seeing how they do things. Mm -hmm. it's, it can make for, again, a powerful partnership. Sisters, I think here's one thing that I've found that helps brothers is be open because they can't read your mind. Yeah. I know this is shocking. I know this is like a new teaching. They yeah. cannot read your mind, nor should they be able to. Here's the thing. You can come in, you have a bad day, and women think differently than men. Men can compartmentalize. They can have a bad day at work, and they can put that away and come to church and be like, I'm focused on church. <laughs> women have a bad day at work, and it is like, here I come, because everything is uh, like a big soup pot. Everything yeah. goes in, and everything affects. Mm. Now, remember, our brothers don't think like that. That's not a slam on them in any way, shape, or form. God made them differently. So to come in, and if I'm coming in and I had a rough day at work, and Dennis is like, hey, sis, how are you? And I'm like, fine. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going on with you. Right. Are you, and, you know, for me to say, you know, I'm really struggling. I, my boss just gave me this last-minute thing, and I'm trying to figure that out. That helps him be able to say, okay, Oh, let, let's pray, or what do you need, or how can I help you? But if I don't verbalize that to him, he doesn't know what's going on. And a lot of times in when we're leading together, we think, well, I've been leading with this brother for X amount of time. He should know. He should know me. He should know that blank. Ladies, they don't know, and it's okay. And so the best thing is to say, hey, I'm really this, or I need that. Bro, you know what? When you do this, it really causes me some angst. I, once I've shared that with any of the brothers I've led with, I promise you, they change it because their desire is not to cause me angst. They have the Holy Spirit in them. They are not trying to cause me to stumble. They're not trying to cause you to stumble despite what Satan may be telling you in your head. But what they need to hear is, you know what, when, if you could communicate with me what we're doing, that would help me a ton. And then I probably wouldn't be so with that. Then that brother's like, oh, okay, amen. So yeah, what we're gonna do is X, Y, Z, because that is something that they're able to take and be able to go with. And, and that will help your relationship and that will help you be able to lead effectively with them. And just as a practical to tack on to that, you know, particularly when leading an event or a group or a family group together, one of the things I found particularly helpful is to get time one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. before going to the, the rest of the group and presenting ideas mm -hmm. to have that united oh, yeah. front so you're not springing any surprises Ooh, yeah. on one another in the midst <laughs> of that. Uh, there's an old saying that, that the meeting happens before the meeting. Yeah. In getting time with your, your co-leaders if you're leading a family group or, you know, with the, the opposite sex in, in preparing, um, it's, it's, I think it's very important to make sure you both know what's going on, like Michelle said, mm -hmm. so there's no hidden things that come out of nowhere when you're before the group. Mm -hmm. And that also shows respect. Mm -hmm. um, I think, um, particularly for men, obviously, we, we want to feel respected. And I think when we're on a united front, we feel more respected. But I think that also goes for sisters, you know, mm -hmm. making sure that we show respect to them by communicating what's on our mind and what's on our heart and how we plan on executing things before we take it to an entire group or mm -hmm. put broadcast it. Right. Six and a half minutes. We've we've done a lot of a lot of talking, uh, but we again do want to make this interactive. Is there anything on? anybody's hearts that they want to talk about or anything that you found to be a, a best practice in leading um, with the sister or leading with the brother? Erica. I had a question. Go ahead. Question. Yeah. Um, how, what does conflict resolution look like mm. with the brother? Matthew 18. Amen. <laughs> Matthew 18. Yeah, if I got an issue with a brother, yeah. you better believe I'm up in his yeah. face. <laughs> I mean, not in a bad way, but I mean, in a way that is biblical, because yeah. it's not, I mean, if I had an issue with Dennis, yeah. is it helpful for our relationship 
if I go to Jeremy and say, you know, Dennis said, and I got issues, how is he going to, Dennis has no chance to help me. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, there's no chance for Dennis, if he has wronged me, to repent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If I have wronged him, for me to repent. Yeah. There's no chance in that if I yeah. don't go to him. Yeah. Uh-oh. You don't want to come across as like critical or nit- nitpicky. You want to be encouraging, but you know, there's there's this like dynamic where they're encouraging you, but maybe they're passive or something like that, and you're like, well, that's not encouraging, and you don't want to be critical. Yeah. So it's not necessarily, I guess, a conflict, but it's a communication thing. Okay. I think. How do you initiate? How, how do you? How, how does a sister, sister initiate with the brother? I think again, just setting him down one on one, and leaning into that time. I think it's very good whenever we get time to rely on scriptures, not just conjecture. Um, to go back to the scriptures to check our hearts, and, and then to go from there in sharing the scripture. I think that uh, what may be helpful in any of these cases, what is helpful is to assume the best mm-hmm. about someone's heart. Yes. Um, to go to, yeah. to not to go into a situation saying they knew what they were doing. Right. That was malicious. Right. They, they, they were trying to purposely get at me. Um, I think it's important to assume the best because I think that lowers the emotional temperature and to it, you know, anytime, especially when there's conflict, honestly to pray. Mm-hmm. So lean into that time beforehand with the prayer. And I think when you do that, again, the Holy Spirit starts to move and takes care of it. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to um, add on to what Erica said. Um, I think when there's an understanding mm-hmm. that you love that person, yeah. it, it's a different response than them right. feeling like yeah. they're being critical. Right. So um, even just in my ministry, there's been multiple times where we had to have a conversation, and it's always started. You know I love you, right, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I've been guilty to, of that. Right, so to the point yeah. where now it's kind of a joke. Uh, she has a, you know, I love yeah. you, bro, speech. Yeah. But in the end, they do know right. that yeah. I love them. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's a really important piece of that, mm-hmm. is that you really have to love them. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're in their face and you're yeah. uh, being critical, but you really don't love them, right. yeah. you're just trying to make them better, that, that comes from a, a whole different place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And honestly, you know, I think brothers respect that because it means you believe in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's when you stop coming to us mm-hmm. to address those problems that we, you know, I think, at least for me, I won't speak for all brothers, um, that I know you still believe in me mm-hmm. and you believe that I can change. Mm-hmm. But when you hold that in or you talk to right. you know, Jeremiah about mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see, see it as, oh, maybe she doesn't believe me. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also a time to, to maybe get advice on tact. Mm-hmm. on how to go about that mm-hmm. but um, but I would still say you know at some point to address that with the brother mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. question on that what if a uh, sister feels like a brother is doing something inappropriate is it appropriate to go to the oh, other brothers first Yeah. you know because does that kind of put her in a weird um mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and that's a great question. I think my advice would be it depends upon the situation and the inappropriateness yeah. and the brother, um, which is, okay, let me think through this. If it's something where, because uh, c- it's interesting, there's a, a brother who is a very close talker that's in our ministry. <laughs> and, he, and, and, and so for me, it's very uncomfortable. It's not you. <laughs> um, you know what I mean but I but there is a like bro it's it's you know like you're doing the, and that that to me I'm not a physical touch person and so yeah. for me I feel like okay I can tell this brother something yeah. but if it's something where maybe a sister might feel violated that may be something slightly different where again it's Matthew 18 like I gotta pull you in because yeah. I don't feel safe to go to this brother and figuring out what that looks like. I don't know, you know, whoever it is to help that everybody feel safe and, and be able to kind of get the situation talked about and resolved. In leading with 
someone else who is dating and you're not, how <laughs> does that inner action yeah. work? Like, and that person who's dating, man, that's my cook, my, my leader mm-hmm. here, um, that they're dating isn't even in the same ministry in the same state. Mm-hmm. How do you, like, you have to interact a lot with them. Mm-hmm. So how do you, um, I guess, keep it from getting weird or something like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been in. Uh, that's a, wait, wait, he, he's your co leader. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 but it's real. It's real. This is a real question. This is a real question that we as singles face, you know, very unique. I've been in that position. And one of the great things that I've seen work is, and this sounds cliche, but communication and really establishing what your boundaries look like. And they're different for different people because different people have different comfort levels. One of the things that we've done in our relationship when we were leading with different people would be to communicate ahead of time like hey I'm meeting with so and so or I'm meeting with um, you know the co-leader I'm meeting with Tochi or whoever Um, but to let them know this is what um, we're meeting at this time and this is what we're meeting about Mm -hmm. Um, because funny enough I I, uh, I was actually meeting with my co-leader and uh, I had shared with Katie hey I'm meeting with my co-leader and a sister who's looking to join our group and an older brother walked in on this. You know, we were at a coffee shop, and uh, he saw us. He waved, didn't say anything to us, but he texts Katie because he's a he knows you know of, of her family. But texts Katie uh, to let her know that hey, I saw your 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 boyfriend meeting with you know two other sisters. What is that about? You know, yeah. <laughs> of, course, of, course, of course, I, I, of course, I'm assuming here that he had the best intentions right. because he's a brother. Right. But it was a situation like, oh, that's not the best. <laughs> but, but in that situation, I had, co- I had communicated the, the, the purpose of the meeting to Katie already. So she, in that moment, she was able to shoot back immediately. Hey, he's meeting because the sister's trying to enter his. You know, is thinking about joining their family group, and that's why they're talking. Um, so she knew right ahead, right, you know, from the start, like, hey, this is why they're having that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, it's a cliche, but over-communication, nothing yeah. think within that, like, communicating why. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, I think also communicating with the girlfriend slash wife. Yeah. Like, yes. I... Oh, so building a relationship with that. Yes. Yes, Because yes. yeah. I cannot tell you how many, <laughs> how many brothers yeah. that I have led with who have dated or are married or all I mean there's a litany list of that and so a lot of that is so I I can I have that relationship with him and he's my brother but I have the relationship with his spouse or with his girlfriend so they understand like I'm not I'm not trying to get your man (laughs) like I I love him as my brother but I'm I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get with him. Yeah. And then, yeah, and and so like I think he's great, and I think y'all are great together. And I'm not trying to do right, but that communication really helps kind of put the things to rest. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, I I would consider myself a very strong, opinionated woman. I think there are a lot of them life, a lot of them here, and I think sometimes when you have a very, like, strong, like, mm-hmm. you know, go-getter kind of woman with mm-hmm. a man maybe more awesome. passive, yeah. I think sometimes for myself and for many of my friends as well, I think it's very easy for a woman to walk all over. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, mm-hmm. it's almost like they don't even realize what they're doing, or right. I haven't even realized that I'm doing it because mm-hmm. I'm like... Or a man will share, oh, this is what I'm thinking for the group. No, I don't think of, no, that's not a mm-hmm. good You know, and so I think mm-hmm. sometimes for me if, and for women in general, like what, how do you help a woman not to, to feel like she can be honest and share her opinions and be a help, but not be uh, like sure. trampling mm-hmm. the brother. And if the brother doesn't want to do mm-hmm. what you're suggesting or like, to be okay with that mm-hmm. and not to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, like, mm-hmm. yes, we're helper, but practically, like, what are some responses that you could 
give to this brother if you have a suggestion, if you have something that you want to say mm -hmm. or what you know, and not come off like you're just shutting him down all right. the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, like for me, I think at first it's being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow yeah. to become angry. Like I've got to remember that scripture. So as this, as whichever brother is telling me, let me listen to what he's saying. Like before I come with what I want to present, let me think, cause I'm like, okay, well, and then be able to find something. Cause there's going to be some, very rarely, not all the time, but very rarely have I come where it, the brothers presented something that's completely, absolutely off the wall where it's like, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to go down 75 and sell donuts <laughs> at five o'clock. Like there's, uh, there hasn't been that. Right. Uh -huh. um, but even if with that, like there's a lot of like praying to see whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is lovely. Like, bro, I love the fact that you think outside the box. Mm -hmm. Like that's great. So maybe do you think we could? And more of it, like, let me go ahead and ask you, here's what I'm thinking. What, what are your thoughts on it? Mm -hmm. And let's engage in that. It could be like, nope, we're selling donuts on the highway. Yeah. And that's, and that's <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Like, how can I help you with that? It, mm -hmm. it, and it honestly depends on the brother. Yeah. There are some brothers that I've done this and he wanted to, do, and he will tell you this story. Um, he had an idea to do and he was going to do this and I was like that's not going to work and he was like nope we're doing it and it didn't work and so we were in a discipling time and he was getting really rebuked for it and then I started to get rebuked because they were like well why didn't you stop him <laughs> and I was like well he never asked me like he never and, he, and the brother turned to me he was like you knew this wasn't going to work and I was like yeah but you never asked me Mm. And he was like, to this day, I make sure that I ask. And like his wife is like, thank you for whatever you did. He, and so sometimes right. you just, you got to go with it and let the ball drop. And mm -hmm. right, right. you're like, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been fortunate. I've been fortunate in that regard um, that uh, I think, again, it's really in, um, the onus is on the brother to really express his vision and how it links with scripture. Um, I think that that helps in showing the sister that at least you have a, I mean, your foundation is coming from scripture when it comes to just, you know, how you plan on leading. Um, I think it's also important for us to hear their heart and to hear why their insecurities around that. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, um, as, as, you know, as the brother, um, whether this be again family group or not, uh, to to make a decision um, that uh, guards her heart. Um, I have one such instance where I, I decided to do something a little bit outside the box of my family group, which was to have a spades tournament Ooh. in the mall in order to bring people in. That's cool. Yeah, it was a little it was a little crazy, and we we're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. And my co-leader at the time was really against the idea. Um, so we spent a lot of time talking it out. And I, I spent a lot of time just listening, just listening. Um, went and got some advice about it. We both, you know, I was like, hey, let's both get some advice about it from a separate party because we obviously are, are, are butting heads mm -hmm. to see, you know, people who, are, who we mutually express respect, see what they think, and then come back at it. Uh, and sure enough, we came back at it, and uh, she decided to, to give me after talking to someone, decide to give me the opportunity to do this. And I, you know, I share with her, if this does not work, we won't do it again. I want to show that respect to you, won't, won't keep pushing this. And so we did it, and we had a ton of people come out. Um, no one ultimately studied the Bible from it, but we got the opportunity to really engage people in a way that lowered their guards. And from that, the sister really, really was more open going forward to doing things that were a little bit outside the box. But I think the important thing, again, was to listen to uh, to see and the point that where we started to butt heads and tension start to come to to be able and willing to kind of stop mm -hmm. and to say hey let's reconvene on this and think this through um, because a lot of times temperatures will escalate in the moment but as a brother in leading a lot of times it may be helpful to you know to bring things to a stop and then reconvene to go and get advice and then come <coughs> back at it 
So. Uh, one more, one more question, sister. Brother, to make sure you have a great relationship with the wife and but and with a, with a uh, gay couple. My thing that I have a very hard time doing is creating a relationship with a brother that I am not interested in in any way at all, oh. platonic, mm -hmm. but who's not dating, so I can't, you know, create that great relationship with the with, mm -hmm. the, with the girlfriend that then brings me to have a great relationship. But a brother that I think can really help me. To grow, and then I can help as well. That 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 platonic relationship with a single brother that I have a really hard time. Which I did. Okay, I was in Europe for a long time, and I had no issue there because the relationship between men and women is very different, and mm -hmm. a platonic relationship between a man and a woman is very common. So you can build very platonic relationships where. You know, you just are great friends. Mm. You know, and then, then I mean, it's so funny because in Italy, most of the time, the brother that gets married actually has a woman as their as their standing up for them. Because his best friend has oh, wow. a woman. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so there's, but that's my that's my problem here in the states is being able to build a great platonic relationship with a brother so that I can get a man's perspective on, mm -hmm. on things. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. but with married with married or dating that's not an issue mm -hmm. because single brothers, I mean it seems like when you try to build a relationship they run away. Aren't you glad you took that last question? Yeah. <laughs> But um, what I would say to that um, is, you know, in a lot of ways, uh, we, we as brothers uh, do have fears around getting to know sisters. Um, again, in a lot of ways, we're, we're, for those who are, you know, didn't grow up in the kingdom, we're getting rewired. We're getting rewired from having uh, thoughts of, hey, you know, if someone's talking to me, if a woman's talking to me, obviously they are interested. And it takes time to rewire ourselves. So we, we do have to be, we do need grace in that. Um, I think, and what I've seen really work, are setting up times to host events mm -hmm. where you can just be yourself. You know, um, one of the things I appreciate about uh, Gino, uh, my roommate, uh, Gino. Um, is, you know, this guy, this guy is adamant about us, uh, our household being one that shows hospitality mm -hmm. and then showing that hospitality we've we've had so many people in and out of our apartment um we hold spades tournaments and let me tell you people are themselves when they're playing <laughs> spades yes. yeah. and it's and it's in those candid moments where the guard is down that it's easy to to to, to get in there and to start building those relationships and you find a commonality you know people Bridges are really built when you find, okay, what is that thing that this person, what is their thing, that thing that really excites them at the end of the day? But I, what I appreciate uh, so much is, again, being able to, to have those uh, events where you can let your guard down, where it's group events, you know, yeah. or you can just come at it, and you don't have to necessarily hone in on one person, like, a, you know, getting coffee or anything like that. You can just float. So, you know, what I encourage uh, people who, who share a very similar concern, both brothers and sisters, is to host. To host an event and bring brothers in, bring sisters in, and just have fun. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, but we do have to cut. That's time. Yes. Guys, we've had a good time. Um, you know. And please feel free. Um,
Amen. Please feel free to talk with yeah. one another and, yeah. and grab Dennis or myself or, or whatever. This is not meant to be an all-encompassing, answering yeah. everybody's yeah. questions forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Uh, this is designed to spark yeah. conversation yeah. and really try to help people to go ahead and build those relationships so we can advance the kingdom of God. Yeah. And ultimately, that is our goal. It's not to get married. It's not to live happily ever after. Our goal, and if it's not, you need to make it, and I challenge yeah. you to do so, is to glorify your God and advance his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Your sister. Your sister. <laughs> Spiritual, gifted, and very experienced in this area. So, Amen. Michelle, we appreciate your wisdom. Yes. Thank, awesome. you. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you.